Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the star-spangled man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket, Neverlanders. Guess what? It's me, it's Jeremy, your Spider-Pan once again to lead the way to Neverland. And we've got a very, very busy day ahead of us here in Neverland. We're going to talk with two guests. Michael Valentine, you remember him. He created that documentary called Comics, all about the comic industry, where he talked to Stan Lee and writers and creators in the comics industry. He's got an event coming up he wants to come and talk to you all about. Also, we're going to have a nice long conversation with The Real Brian about some video games that we've enjoyed, some retro games, a few modern ones, and just have a fun conversation, which promises to be the first of many. But before that, I do want to touch briefly on some news. This is Gary Gnu, and the no Gnu's is good Gnu show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to contain no Gnu's whatsoever. Never lands news from the Disney parks. All right, and I did say briefly, so we know Monday night, and you probably heard about this, the Mickey and Friends parking garage in Disneyland had a car fire. In fact, eight cars were damaged, four were destroyed, and seven cast members were sent uh, with you know smoke inhalation. So they were sent to uh, get some medical treatment. Apparently, uh, no cause of yet. They know of exactly why the fire. You know where you know, they they got an idea of where it came from between a couple of cars, but they don't have any specifics of how it got started at this time. Also, we do know that on May the 27th, that is when the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is scheduled to happen. Very, very exciting there. So that is, of course, the modifications and changes and theming, really, uh, to the new version of the Hollywood Tower of Terror. Although, you know, a lot of people, I suppose, still want the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror to be there in Disneyland. But uh, it's, it's going to be something else. It's the still similar ride, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I also want to touch briefly, uh, I will put a link up here for you for this, but there is a contest going on. If you happen to uh, be a college student between the ages of 18 and 24, one of my professors actually sent me this where you can design a Disney emoji 
and if you win the contest, you get a trip to go uh, to California and go and work, you know, get to see them at work with uh, creating some different things and some artists. Uh, there's a lot of details to it that I don't have time to get into here. Uh, like I said, though, I will uh, put a link for you here in the show notes as well. It's also I'm going to put a link. Uh, if you want to get more information, I'm about to talk about this on my weekdays show. I have a every day of the week. Uh, with UCM, the University of Central Missouri. We have a station called The Beat. It's a streaming radio. Every day at 4 o'clock from 4 to 5, I'm going to have a show on there. And I play all Disney music. I share a little bit of news. I've already talked about some of the things I've already mentioned here briefly for the news. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about this uh, this contest. Uh, so definitely check that out. I will put a link in the show notes. If you go to like digitalberg.com, and then you search for a thing that says The Beat. You can find a link to, to uh, have a streaming radio. There is also an app that you can use on your phone to be able to listen to all the stations that the, this app is reaching. And you'll just search for UCM The Beat. I will put that also in the show notes so you can check that show out. Um, and also I'm going to talk about this on Toon Tunes. I have mentioned before we have Toon Tunes that goes on with Disversal Radio, which some of you hopefully have been listening. My show is on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock. So you can listen there to Tune Tunes, and I will talk a bit more about this. Also, listen to my weekly, weekday show. It's every, every day of the week, 4 o'clock. You can hear some Disney music on the beat with me hosting. And also, I do have a show on weekends at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock where I'm just playing music. It is me there. Uh, it is not Disney-themed, but if you want to check that out, go ahead. Now, I said this was going to be a, a very brief uh, bit of news because I have so much stuff. I didn't want this show to run long. Uh, so we're going to go right on into it. Okay, so do y'all remember Neverlanders back when we talked to Michael Valentine who had that really cool documentary called Comics? Well, you got an opportunity to see it because I tried to hold the screening here in Kansas City. We didn't quite sell enough tickets, but, you know, there are other places to see it, and you've got one coming up very, very soon that you wanted to tell everybody about. Yes, yes, yes. Again, thank you for having me back on the show. It's awesome to be back. And, uh, you know, a lot's happened in the last couple of months, and uh, we've been doing a lot of screenings of the film across the country. And actually, we did one even in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Hey, you're international now. Yeah, we're international. It's uh, really exciting. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned on the last time that I was on your show, I mean, I've got this great film with Stan Lee and Frank Miller and Neil Adams and Mark Wade and all these great people, amazing comic book talent, great fans, um, a lot of cosplayers in the film. But the film is really important to see with a lot of other people. It's great to see it in your home or on your computer, but if you go to a theater and you see it with a bunch of other comic book nerds, geeks like myself, um, it's a great time. You know what I mean? Because you're there with a lot of other people and you're sharing in what you love. Mm-hmm. And so... We've uh, been lucky enough to do some screenings, and we've got uh, actually a couple conventions coming up. Um, there's going to be one coming up next weekend um, in Long Beach at the Long Beach Comic Expo. And I'm uh, really, really excited about screening the film there. And then we're also doing one in March at the Mike Carabano's Big Apple Comic Con in New York City. And the specific dates of that would be... Well, the, 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 the convention is March 11th and 12th, okay. and the screening is on March 12th. Uh, it's a Sunday, and it's got a really great lineup. Stan Lee's going to be there, Jim Steranko, um, Barbara Eden, some of the people from Daredevil, uh, the TV show are going to be there. 
Um, it's just going to be a great show. And Mike's got actually the longest running. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, if you ever get a chance to talk to him or he, uh, has the longest running comic book convention in New York. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are in the New York area or at least on the East coast, definitely got to go to that one. Yeah, you definitely got to go. And, and, you know, I'm going to be there and, uh, hopefully Stan's going to, uh, like intro the film on Sunday and um, it's just going to be a great time. So if anybody's in that area, come on down. Uh, you know, comics is just part of this great convention. And uh, I hope to have, you know see everybody there and meet some new people. Oh, well, and if I could have the money to be able to bring you down for the Kansas City Comic Con. They've already got everything set for Planet Comic Con this year. But Kansas City Comic Con's coming. That would be fun to have a screening there. But, yeah, that would take some funding to get it all together. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, you never know. We didn't do so good with trying to host a screening here in Kansas City. I just couldn't generate the interest I needed, apparently. Yeah, you know, you never know with the conventions, though. Um, uh, I'll definitely look into it. I actually talked to Planet Comic Con, and, yeah, you know, it's it's tough because I I actually like being at the screenings, and I'm in Los Angeles, so, um, you know, when I pitch these conventions, I, I, you know, I'm really like, you know, I want to be there. I want to meet the fans and... Uh, make an event and sometimes the conventions you know they just either they can't hold a screening or they just don't like you said have the money to be able to yeah. do that I'm, I'm unfortunately a poor podcaster so i can't <laughs> bring in every guest that i want oh i know <laughs> i know oh my goodness i'd be bringing all kinds of people in like yes i can pay your airfare yes i can put you up somewhere to stay you know that would be great we're working there one of these days we're going to be like this big show that you know i'll, I'll have the nerdist to style money and i'll bring in all kinds of things well, I can't wait for that, and you know, keep, you don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got to screen this thing. There's another fan film I'd like to screen too sometime. That uh, a guy had made this really cool Master of the Universe uh, fan film that thought it would be fun to fly him in to watch it. Although that's a bit violent, so we'd have to warn, warn people that this guy really loves horror movies, and uh, he his violence level is on about the same level as a horror movie for oh, no. a man film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty cool. Uh, it's just yeah. like, wow, that was violent. Uh, wow. But I think last time I talked to you, I did say, it's like, hey, so, you know, now that you've got this one done, I know it was a lot of work, but you ever think you'd get the bug to do another? And uh, you were just saying before we started recording that you actually are working on another project. Yeah, it's kind of hush-hush right now. Um, basically, what I'm doing is I'm shooting some interviews. I'm interviewing some different people. Um, because I want to uh, do a, you know, comics is just like the start of, only kind of scratch the surface of what I wanted to do in the film. And so uh, I'm working on a TV docuseries. I'm pitching it to some networks and some different people. Um, hopefully I can get funded to do a full project, but it's kind of an extension of the film and it goes into, you know, into each one of these different subject matters that I either covered lightly in the film or there was a lot of things I didn't get to in the film, a lot of people that I wanted to interview, and a lot of these people are interested. I've made a lot of great connections. So I'm working uh, on, right now, I'm putting together like a promotional video, and I've already got Aspen Comics, uh, independent publisher on board. I've already done an interview with them. Um, I've got some other exciting things coming up, so I'm going to be working on that in the next month or two, and, uh, and then pitching that to networks and, you know, seeing... Because, you know, as I had mentioned to you on the last show, I spent, you know, over 13 years, almost 14 years, uh, making this film on my own budget. You know, I financed it on my own. And I want to keep doing this for a living. Yeah. Um, but I really can't afford financially or in my marriage to... <laughs> <laughs> 
my wife will not <clears throat> my wife will not put up with another film that, that I have to finance and take yes. 13 years <laughs> to do it's just not gonna happen so um yeah, so that's that, I'm, I'm working on that now, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll have something. It'll be really exciting um, stuff. I've got a lot of great people who are interested in being a part of it, so that's 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 about all I can say right now. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool, actually, for a reality show if you could get even behind the scenes of uh, making comics and stuff like that. There's a couple. There's a couple things lined up, and uh, it's just a matter of if I can get. You know, like I said, if I can get uh, a company or some distribution or financial backing to help me out with it, I've got, you know, the, the talent lined up for a lot of different things. Like I said, each episode will kind of dive into a little bit of different uh, subject matter of the industry and, and get a little bit more involved. The film, I, I in my movie, I really wanted to give people an overview of a lot of different things. There's so much in this industry to cover, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I knew I couldn't do it in two hours, but I really wanted to make grab people and I wanted people to be like questioning, you know, wow, who is this person? And, you know, what are they doing now? And those kinds of things. So part of it may be seeing where people are at now. Part of it will be delving into different parts of the industry. Um, maybe even podcasts. Because hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of us out here and there's a lot of Most of us are nerdy in some fashion when we're podcasting. Yep. Yeah. And you, you, the great <laughs> The great thing, too, is that when I started my film in 2004, there were no podcasts. And so one of the things that I will want to be doing with this this show is to see where comics are now and where the industry is now, as opposed to, you know, when I started my film. And podcasting is something that's really taken off, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really exciting. I'm really excited about it. And, you know, if anybody's out there listening is interested in financial backing, uh, you can get in touch with me. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm real excited. Like I said, uh, we shot Aspen. We went over to their offices uh, two weeks ago and interviewed all those guys. Great bunch of guys and uh, just really cool stuff. Have you set up any sort of a GoFunding or are you planning to? Or like GoFundMe or, or any sort of a crowdfunding type of thing? Well, you know, that's a really great question. I did do a Kickstarter for my film uh, a couple of years ago. And I tell you what, it's a lot of work a lot of work and you have to come up with um you know everything for your page you have to shoot a video because you can't you can't do any kind of crowdfunding thing without a video of something that people want to see something of what you're doing yeah. and they want to see you they want to hear you talking about it um and luckily when i did my kickstarter i had my film for the most part done what i needed the kickstarter for was for a lot of the legal things that i needed to do and, and some of the finishing post-production things um, so I did do a Kickstarter, and it was a lot of work, and it was a, it was a really great learning experience. Um, but I really feel that this time I'm going to try a different route, and I think because I have a really great distributor who distributed my my film, and I've got some interest. Um, Lionsgate, uh, the people over there at Comic Con HQ, like the film, want to do something. You know, there there there's a couple of companies that are kind of close to saying yes, but. Uh, um, I've decided just to kind of do what I did with my first film, just finance, uh, going out and, and doing about a month of shooting and put together a really exciting promotional video to really show people what this is going to look like. Ah, probably a good idea. Because I've, I've learned a little bit more about documentary filmmaking from one of my professors, actually, was a documentary filmmaker in L.A., and he's shown us a little bit of a couple of his documentaries. One was... Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it was basically focusing around a uh, high school football player 
who uh, had a really nasty injury that paralyzed, uh, and it was mm-hmm. focusing around that and, and the football culture. I think it was in Texas and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also got one he's working on still that's uh, involving. He, he grew up with a circus, so he wanted to follow a circus around, like a traveling small circus, and go and film that. So he's talked a lot about all the things he's had to do in, in some classes and everything. And it's a really a lot of work. You really have to love what you're doing in order to make these happen. Yeah, you do. You know, it's just like, I mean, it's really just like anything. I mean, you know, one thing with my film that really paralleled comic books is that, um, you know, there's people out there who work for major studios and then make films for major studios or make comic books for major studios, Marvel and DC. And then there's the independent people and those independent creators spend years making a comic book, you know, spend years getting it right. And uh, it and it, because they can't go work for Marvel or DC, or maybe they want to create their own thing. Um, but there's so many comics out there now. So, you know, how do you make your mark? Well, a lot of these guys just go out there and they do it themselves and they finance it themselves. And sometimes it takes longer than you, than you want it to. But I think if you really believe in what you're doing, no matter what it is, you got to just go for it. And for me, it was a lot of work, but, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. And, you know, I mean, mo- a lot of documentary filmmakers may or may not take 13 years to make a film and to continue being driven for 13 years and not stopping. You don't know, you know, obstacles coming your way and things happen. You get hit down and you're like beat down. And you're like, oh, man, what am I going to do? You know, you just have to keep going if you believe in yourself and you believe in and, your, you know, your project. Yep. So if somebody wants to buy a copy of the DVD, uh, what is the website? The website is www.comicsthemovie.com. That's C-O-M-I-X, themovie.com. And there is a merchandise page. If they go on there, it's got links to uh, Amazon, Target, Walmart, um, pretty much every Hulu. I don't know if it's on Hulu, Voodoo. Amazon Prime, it's on Amazon Prime, which I'm really excited about, too. So if people have Amazon Prime, they can watch it there. And uh, I didn't realize, I forgot I had Amazon Prime, and the other night I was like, hey, I'm going to go watch my own movie. So I, (laughs) hey, i got to make sure it works, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, wow, it looks great. And I still, that's the thing is, you know, it's like, like I said, it's, this movie's like comic books. If you have this comic book that you love, You'll always go back to it. You know, you'll keep going back to it, whether it's for the imagery or it's for the the story. And and I'm really happy that I can go back to my film and watch it and be proud of it. And I can be proud of everybody who had a part of it in front of the screen and behind the screens. And, uh, you know, I just want to keep doing that for a living. And, again, the thing with the DVD as well is um, – and I mentioned it on the show before – but uh, it's really cool. It's It's got the DVD, which has the whole film. And then it's the only place you can get the bonus footage. And the bon- there's like four hours of bonus footage. My goodness. Yeah, I got I got Stan Lee's full interview on there. I got Frank Miller's full interview that I did with him in New York. And then I have two more hours of extras with Neil Adams, Mark Silvestri, Mark Wade, uh, fans, um, you know, you name it. There's just lots of great little nuggets on there that – I wanted to make the film, but then it would have been a four-hour film, so I was like, okay, you know. And that's the thing when you're an editor, when you're a director and you're a creator, you want everything in your film. So I went to my editor and I said, here's what I, here's all the clips I want in my film. I pulled all the clips, and he goes, oh, that's four hours. You want a four-hour documentary? I'm like, uh, okay. And 
great. So he comes in and he really helps me kind of whittle and whittle and whittle and whittle. And we whittled, you know, version one, two, three. We had probably to get to where it ended up, we almost had 20 versions of it. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. You find tweak it. You watch the whole thing and you go still a little long or still a little short. Yeah, there was there, I, there was one part of the film that's all about like the the uh, comic book creation, and that we go into how the comic book is penciled, inked, colored, kind of like the whole process. And originally, I thought oh, too long. I wanted it longer actually because I think it's fascinating. And I said hey, it kind of brings the film down a little bit. You know, maybe we should cut it out. And you know, everybody that I sh- that I showed it to before it came out, they're like, no, it's great, it's great. You know, people want to. That's what people want to see, you know? So. All right. Well, thanks for coming by and letting us know. And there's a reminder coming up. You, all right, you said this this coming weekend, which is probably the weekend this is airing, but uh, there's a convention you're screening at, but also the the one in March. It's the 11th and 12th, and that is on the Long Island? It's actually in Manhattan at oh, the Manhattan. Penn, Penn Plaza. It's, it's supposedly a, a, a hotel that's haunted in New York. And uh, it's, it's again, it's, it's fun because it's uh, – you know, it's it's a great place. Uh, the the website is um, bigapplecc.com. So if people want to, you know, check out who's going to be there, um, the actor from the Adventures of Buck Buckaroo is going to be there. Um, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, Buckaroo Banzai, W. D. Richer, and and Lewis oh, cool. Smith. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of great people there. You know, it, it's comic book people, but it's also you know a lot of actors and things like that. So it's going to be a fun show. So. Um, you know, they can go on that website. It's, uh, again, bigapplecc.com, and they can get tickets that way as and well. And make sure you get your tickets for Sunday so you can see the screening of comics. Yes. All right. Ah, thank you very much for coming along. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for having me. To Disney and beyond. Okay, Neverlanders, there is an epidemic out there. There are fake Brian's all over the place. That's true. That Brian that you're sitting next to, he's fake. Just ask him, and he will not tell you he's a fake because that's what a fake does. So I actually had to track down the real Brian. There's only one real Brian, and I found him. He's here. Say hello. You know, I've had so many people come to me and say, if you're the real Brian, you know, what does that make every other Brian? And I say, invalid. It's, exactly. I mean, it's that simple. And in fact, I've had other Brian's come to me and say, wait, wait, so you're telling me that I, I don't exist and that I'm not real? And I say, well, no, you said that. It's true, though. <laughs> it's so true that, you know, there is only one real Brian and every other Brian is not. Um, exactly. But here's what I'd like to encourage the other Brian's out there. Come up with something else. Like, you don't have to be a real Brian. You could be, you know, the the one true Brian, which is actually another friend of mine, Brian. And uh, there's there's other Brian's. You know, you could be, you know, the the glorious Brian or whatever. It's your thing. Sure. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked to you since, uh, actually, before I started watching Arrow. I think it was first season of Flash. Had you oh and Emily and, uh, and the uh, podcast Overlord on to talk yeah. about something. The funny thing is, is you and Emily were just getting off of, uh, what was it, Central City Underground. You were just leaving that one to focus on Aero Squad. Yep. And now Aero Squad, it's, you're the only one of the originals that are still there. <laughs> well, I'm actually getting off Aero Squad now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I can focus on the real Brian show. It's It's been, uh, man, it's been a, a tough journey. I got to be honest. Like Aero Squad, I got to tell you, though, is one of the most tremendous things that I've ever been a part of. And the opportunities and the friendships that have been built from Aero Squad I mean, honestly, the only reason that I'm even here on your show or even doing anything that I'm doing with podcast with podcasting started because of Aero Squad. 
So, I mean, I owe so much to that show. But the reality is I can only do so much. And mm-hmm. The Real Brian Show is by far my focus right now. It's where I'm hey. going. And also, and I hate to say this, Arrow fans, but to me, Arrow's lost heart. And I've I've lost my passion for talking about it. I still enjoy watching it. Um, you know, I still... I'm still there and all that, but to to sit there and watch it and analyze it and dissect it and talk about it, it's just, it, it's not, it's not going the way it should anymore. You know what I mean? Like Cliff Ravenscraft yeah. said this, when you lose your passion for a show, it comes across in your voice. It's time to let it go. And yeah. that's exactly where I'm at. And I've pushed a little too long and I think people are starting to hear it. And I need to, I need to save <laughs> the show by letting it go. Yeah. That let rhymed. it go. Let That's it go. right. <laughs> this is a Disney show after all, right? right? So we got to, <laughs> you know. Uh, and But no spoilers. I'm still watching last week's episode and seeing. I'm I'm just happy they're finally dealing with Diggle's legal problems that they gave him at the beginning of the season yeah. that they just ignored happened after they broke him out. And I, oh. I just yeah. want to see him come back to the team full time. But I have heard yeah. horrible rumors that they're trying oh, to phase out. <laughs> they're trying to phase out the main cast members to make room for some of the, the newbies. And I'm like. Oh no. no. But then again, somebody said, well, that's what you guys are doing with Arrow Squad. And I said, fair, fair point. I oh, get it. Goodness. You fall in yeah, love with I the people so. that start everything. And then when they leave and others come in, it's just, it's different. It's not yep. necessarily worse or better. It's just different. Yep. So but my goodness, we, we better get onto our actual topic. Let's talk about video games. <laughs> Let's Woo! talk about video games. Because, oh it. yeah, we could talk for over a long time. Oh my gosh. But, oh my goodness. Because uh, you're. You're probably on more level of the gamer that I am. I, I guess I would be considered a casual gamer because I, I don't have time to play all the time. Yeah. And I, I like to set it on an easy mode so I can play through and enjoy the story on a game. Oh, yeah. And then maybe come back later and try it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. You know, and I and so I'll re- replay things. And I, I know some people that they'll play a game, they get through it, and then just they take it back and exchange it for something else. If I enjoy a game, I keep it so I can replay it and replay it and replay it. Nice. But. I guess I'm technically a casual gamer because I'm not hardcore enough, which is why I don't play online because I play Halo and some 10-year-old kid is cussing me out because <laughs> I didn't do things his way. I know. Oh, that happens all the time. It's not right. So, yeah. Yeah, I would not Although, consider myself to be a hardcore gamer and I'm not a casual gamer. I would be in between. So I, I do <laughs> game, let's say regularly, but never at the expense of Sarah or you know my responsibilities or my life. And honestly, the main reason that I game is because I game with people. So yeah. I don't solo game hardly at all anymore. So if it's if I'm not able to get on with somebody and game with them, I don't game at all. Wow. So for me, it's, it's a it's a community thing. It's a social thing. Yeah, I think if I had more friends that uh, were playing that I could play with, you know, that's that's the only reason why I might get the new WWE game because I kind of quit watching WWE. I go away from it. I come to it. I go away. I come to it. I go away. But because I have friends that play that, I'm like, you know, I'd kind of like to play with them. And so but otherwise, you know, I love, you know, like right now I finally am sitting down on Mass Effect and I'm enjoying the oh. Dickens out of it. I've heard so many good things about that game series and I've, I've never really played. Again, they're solo games and I just. Uh, yeah, but I've and, heard well, it's so- good sci fi. And I know you. Well, oh, I don't man. think you're as much as sci fi as the podcast Overlord was, but, you know, oh, it's actually, pretty good sci fi. I might give him a run for his money at times. You, you <laughs> I know Star <laughs> Trek The Next Generation too much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say too much. Oh yes, yeah, I'm a yeah. I don't admit that very openly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little uh, obsessive, but anyway, no. I you know sci-fi is my thing, man. That's that's where I go. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so Alrighty. you're playing Mass Effect. Well, let me ask you this: What platform are you on primarily? Uh, right now, uh, 
my Xbox 360 is starting to collect dust over there with my GameCube, but I'm mainly playing. I'm going between the PS3 and the PS4. The PS4 okay. mainly. I have one game I actually own for that. Uh, I have, of course, Disney Infinity. Duh. Well, no, I guess I own two games because I also have Batman Arkham, nice. uh, Arkham Knight specifically. But there's so many free games on there. So I'm playing Star Trek Online for free. Oh, there's a Dungeons yeah. & Dragons game that's free. Um, what else was I playing for free? Uh, Warframe I played a little bit. I know there's some other guys at my school that are playing with Warframe and they're all excited about it. But I, there's a lot of free things you can play. So I don't really have to spend a lot of money to play on the PS4. And it is you know, more of an online thing. So I do get to play socially a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is what's fun about Star Trek is when I joined a uh, – Oh, what do they call it? Well, I was, I'm joining. A, a, we have a, a fleet, I think, is what we are. You know, so. Oh, nice. I'm joining in a fleet and getting Good. to do missions together and stuff like that, which is, is what I really enjoyed also about. Uh, did you ever play City of Heroes? Oh, yes. Loved I love getting together and and because get, get, you, you, you could build your you could have a, like the Avengers, but then you would have a div- divisions. You could have your West, East, you know, South, North, South Avengers. You know, you could break down your groups so much. Yeah. And you could just all get together and go and play missions together. Oh, I loved it. It was so that was awesome. one of those games I got into towards the end. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the game I've been looking for. It's incredible. And then they shut it down. I'm like, no, <laughs> why? why did you do yeah. that? Oh, I created so many great characters. Oh my gosh. You know, so going back to Star Trek online, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually forgot to write that down and I am a huge fan of that game. Um, the one, the one downside is it gets a little grindy when you get to the top, but, um, (laughs) man, that, that game is so well done. And it was funny because I did the, um, uh, what, one of the actual episodes on that game with Ensign Harry Kim. And then when I had Garrett Wong who plays Ensign Harry Kim, you know, the actor, when I had him on the real Brian show, I said, Dude, that was like one of the best stories in that game. And, you know, you could tell it was your voice. And he said, oh, I had so much fun doing that. And anyway, it was really, really cool. Kind of just a good connection with that. But I love that game. And I got to, I think I got to max level, started getting grindy and took a break from it. And I know they've done a bunch of new stories. Oh, my goodness. I haven't, like to to go back. I haven't even gotten to Garrett Wong on there yet. <laughs> oh, that, well, that was one of the first ones I played because it was a Borg. And I'm like, I got to get on that one. I love oh, because I know I did the Borg. But I don't remember seeing Harry Kim. He was. That was a long time ago. Well, he narrated for sure, but I thought he was one of the. Ca- well, it's been a while since I played that. Yes. That one, but <laughs> I'm anyway. sure. I'm. I'm just now getting to where I'm in the uh, other area where Voyager took place. Um, I forgot what they call it. It's the, Delta it's Quadrant. Delta Quadrant. Yeah, I'm yeah. just now getting into that nice. and having some missions in there. So, but I got sidetracked because I wanted to play. Uh, I was wondering what the big deal was with an Assassin's Creed, so I went sure. and. Got that, and I didn't like it, and so I took it back after I beat it. Well, so wait, and I got Mass Effect. And I'm like, oh, hey, now this is cool. Yeah. Well, oh, really quickly though, on Star Trek Online, are you playing that on PS4? Yes. So does that connect with the PC world, or is that a completely different server? I am not a hundred percent sure. Because I'm wondering if we could, you know, jump on together. You're on PS4, I'm on PC, and uh, you know, see if we can. I'm just wondering if that's even possible. I have no idea. Well, uh, when we get done here, just at some point, send me whatever your login thing. I'll see if I can track you down. That would but be I, awesome. I don't know if we're all on the same servers or not. I don't know. I so don't do, you, know. do you ever get on a PC or are you primarily console? I'm primarily console. My PC okay. has got, I got so much stuff on here with stuff I'm working on podcasting and everything that I, I don't think I could run it. Sure. Uh, I, I did, however, recently start trying um, uh, League of Legends, I think it is. I started playing with okay. that a little bit and that's kind of fun. I haven't tried uh, but that. Was, that was another one where there was a more experienced player on there who wanted to berate me for not having played the game enough oh, and spent all my life on it and blah, blah, blah. It's stupid. 
Yeah, I was like, why, why you got to be like that? So what? So maybe I haven't been playing this for my entire life. Maybe I've only been playing for 24 hours. I think it's pretty darn good what I've accomplished in just, you know, a day. So we have yeah. a group. I got to tell you, we have a, a game night group that plays every Wednesday night and uh, we're on PC, though, but we play Overwatch right now. And it's uh, it's the same kind of thing, you know, where you've got the people, like you said, prob- probably a 10 year old or something, you know, just because they grew up with it. Who knows, though? I mean, it could be a 40 year old for all we know, but. You've got those people that are on there that are really, really good. They've been playing it. They play all the time. And if you're not up to their quality, they sit there and they berate you, like you said. And yep. one of the guys in our group, <laughs> it's it's so funny because I'm like, oh, my gosh, that guy's really upsetting me, you know. And he'll get on and he'll he'll type a message to everybody that says, wow, that was a personal best for me. Thanks so much for your encouragement. And he never, ever gives them fuel. He's always kind of like redirecting it to like, that was the best game ever. And, <laughs> and it usually shuts them up. Or what's really funny is they'll change from like, you guys suck. I can't believe you played like that to like, they'll they'll want to continue to berate. But at the same time, they're now playing with you and they're messing around. And then it turns into kind of more of a like a trash fest, you know, like you trash talk, that kind of thing. And then it's funny. Uh, no, it doesn't always happen that way, but it usually disarms them. It's hilarious. So try uh, that next time. Well, I might have to do that if I ever play that again. Right now, you know, yeah. I, since when I got this Mass Effect set, I got the the complete trilogy. So I'm going to be at this probably for a few months. Yeah, and then and It'll at some point, I should while. probably go back and finish Skyrim. I mean, I keep oh, I got yeah. distracted with so many side quests, and then I get distracted by wanting to play something else. And I've been working through Skyrim for I think two years now, <laughs> trying to finish yet another game that I would love to play, but again, it's solo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, they do have a have an online one now that I've thought I should go after at some point. But mm-hmm. right now, the big thing on my list is Resident Evil 7. I've got to get that one. Nice. But it's more solo, you know, but yeah. I that's the weird. I don't like horror movies, really. I, I like some classic stuff. I like old stuff. I'm not into blood and guts and stuff. But yet I will play these survival horror games like there's no tomorrow sometimes. Interesting. Which is weird. You're in control. Yes, I'm in control. Is I, that why? I think it is because like, yeah, sure. Something might jump out and startle me, but I can fight back. Yeah. You're watching a movie. You can't fight back and you're just sitting there waiting for it to happen. going like, come on, there's something horrible going to happen to you. You know, and it's it's it seems anymore with film. They want to just gross you out. So like when you go to the the haunted houses, you're on Halloween thing. They just want to gross me out and think that that's supposed to be scary. It's like, no, that's just gross. And I don't want to see it. I, I want an actual spooky thrill and, you know, stuff. You know, like the Resident Evil. And so we're actually going to get into some some of our favorite games, and we may have to have to do this in over two episodes. Sure. Uh, but that is one of the ones that are definitely one of my top ranks is the Resident Evil series, especially the first one. I have a good story on how I ever played the first one. I was actually, uh, you know, college, part of the college Baptist Student Union back when I was going to community college. And we were doing a lock-in at this uh, – I guess the guy, the guy who was our in charge of us was a, was a youth pastor at this church. And so you got a bunch of college kids, and we're all over there, and it's an unfamiliar – and it's a pretty big church, and there's nothing, nothing but hallways and doors and everything. And I they, they brought a PlayStation in there. So well, let me give this a try. I've heard of this Resident Evil game. I wonder if it's any good. And so me – and there was just a crowd of us. We're all just sitting around watching this, encouraging each other and, and not knowing what we're doing. But just, you know, oh, my gosh, a zombie. Oh, my gosh, a dog just jumped through this window. And we're all jumping and like, oh. But then we decided to play what we – we had a game we called it Romans and Christians. It's basically cops and robbers, and we turned all the lights out. <laughs> the Romans get flashlights. The Christians are supposed to be hiding from the Romans, and so we're all hiding somewhere. And at whatever point, you know, I'm – you're wandering around in a completely dark and unfamiliar area, having just played a game about wandering around in the dark in an unfamiliar area where an occasional zombies and mad dogs come to kill you. So, yeah, it messed with my head for a while. I bet. <laughs> 
but I loved it. It was great. That's like the zombie games for me. You know, I played um, Killing Floor is one of them, and then uh, Left 4 Dead, of course, Left 4 Dead 2. And, Left 4 uh, Dead. Oh, Love- I, I never played the first one, but I loved Left 4 Dead 2. But I'll tell you what, after a while, I started to get kind of, like you said, it messes with your head, and you start to go, like, I have nightmares about zombies. And I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of zombies to begin with. So, like, I'm not, I just don't like the stories. To me, it's, I don't know, there's something about it that just kind of, it doesn't freak me out. It just disturbs me, you know? Um, yeah. And so we found these mods for Left 4 Dead 2 where, you know, you turn the main zombies into stormtroopers and you turn the tank into Darth Vader and you turn the wow. witch. Like when the witch is creepy, by the way, when she gets up, she starts screaming and it is this mm-hmm. blood curdling and the music is heinous. And then she just rips you apart and you die. Yeah. And it's freaky. And so it's disturbing that she's crying before you get exactly. To and so we have this thing for the witch now where when she gets up and runs at you, she starts playing. She's a maniac maniac, you know. <laughs> So now the game has become a comedy and it is oh so goodness. much fun. But see, I'm the crazy one. Most people like the guns or the sniper rifles. Give me a katana and throw a bile bomb on me and let them come. <laughs> I'm the crazy one and I stay alive and I take them all down. It's amazing. If you had a way to mod the katana into a lightsaber, I'm in. I do have a mod for that, actually. That is yes. a lightsaber. <laughs> it's great. It goes. <laughs> yes. And I'm out there. I'm like, <laughs> it's, oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> So yeah, Dude, once in a while I like the katana, and the other time I like the it's a green lightsaber. Oh yeah, so there you go. Oh my gosh, Dude. it's a loop saber. That's what we call that. Totally, or a Yoda saber because it's a little short. Well, well sure. Yeah, but I'm gonna go for the <laughs> Luke saber. Yeah. <laughs> my Schwartz is not as big as Luke's. I'm sorry, it was a Yoda oh, size. That's okay. Yeah, that's but no, okay. it was, it was y- a great Yoda time. uses it well though. That's right. He does. So, He's awesome. There you go. Yeah, so, my goodness. <laughs> the freaky game. Well, what about like Doom? So going, harkening back to the '90s, man, Doom Two was the yeah. first kind of horror game I ever played. Yeah, see, I never when I first was playing the original Doom, I didn't realize I was playing a horror game. I didn't think of it that way until they had ported it over to the PlayStation and they increased the amount of shadows and darkened it down a little yeah. bit. And then I realized this game's kind of creepy. Oh well, you know, I guess I've been killing monsters, haven't I? Yeah, but they really didn't step it up to like Doom Three. Oh, my gosh. When they added some serious story to it and you get to actually walk around and everything's cool and copacetic, you know, and then suddenly you get into the room when literally all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And that's suddenly like, oh, my goodness. You know, suddenly you're all in it and you're like the last survivor of this massive, you know, and they they started messing with you having rooms in Doom 3 where you'd walk in. There'd be a pentagram on the floor. You step in the room and. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, when, when Doom 2, so I, I didn't play it right when it came out, but I played it in the early 90s, and so I was young then, and and my friend and I, now, this, this is dating myself here, but this is fun. Um, dating because, yourself? You're younger than I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I am, only by a, a year or two, though. I'm not sure, but it, it's it's hilarious, man. It's So so early 90s, I'm in like middle school or high school or something, I don't even know. Now, I'm, whatever, I'm thinking about the game right now, not my age. But so the whole point is that, you know, we're, we're playing this game and we're trying to figure out how do we connect to each other? Because there was a multiplayer option, but this is back in the DOS days. So cool. my friend and I, you know, we're looking, of course, this is back even before the Internet was really. This is hilarious, actually, now that I'm talking it out loud. <laughs> but we're trying to figure out. So we're looking up. How do we connect to each other through modem? Because this is the BBS days. This is before oh, you wow. just connect over the Internet. And I don't even remember how we found out. I think it was like my friend knew DOS coding and I knew some basic stuff back then. And so we said, well, let's try this. And we did some kind of a, of a custom code basically to connect each other's computers through our modems with Doom too. 
And so we'd call up in the, I don't think I was allowed to be doing this, but we'd call up in the, you know, nighttime after the parents would go to bed and <laughs> be like, shut up computer. Cause it's going, you know, and we'd get on and we'd be, you know, typing to each other and pl- oh, so much fun. Oh yeah. I, I, so I think some fun. of the, the best things of connecting in the old days is back with the PlayStation. When we learned that you could get the right cable, you could connect one PlayStation to another. Oh yeah. And then each PlayStation had to connect to a TV and we'd get together and we'd play Command and Conquer Red Alert. That was oh, yeah. one of the best games. Did you ever play any Command and Conquer games? No, but all, a lot of my friends did. Okay, so you're familiar with it. it was you know it's oh, yeah. real time strategy military with all these ridiculous weapons like Tesla coils, and it was great because we both we'd spend you know half hour or whatever just building the massive base and building a huge army, maybe sending a few troops over there just to kind of fish out, try to figure out where the other guy's base is, and then just at one point you just launch your attack and just go all out war until somebody wins. It was great. That's awesome. And it, that, that was before you could do things over the Internet. And, you know, now, I mean, oh, everything's yeah. so online with your systems. Of course, you have to pay extra fees with a console, which is annoying. Yeah. But, oh, back in the day when you had to put the effort into connecting systems together, oh, which man. is actually something I did with Left for Dead once. I had uh, uh, my stepbrother came over one time and I, I bought him a copy of Left for Dead uh, so we could, you know, we had some friends of mine to come over and everything. And we had in one room, we had one team and another room, we had another team. And so you keep going back and forth on who's playing the monsters and who's playing the uh, survivors, quote unquote, because <laughs> they didn't survive with me. I got oh, yeah. clever. I was the uh, the blob guy. Uh, well, yeah, the guy who throws up on everybody. Yeah, I found a good hiding spot where they never seemed to spot me. But I was underneath a staircase. They One of them would come down the stairs. I'd throw up on them. And they would get so overwhelmed with zombies coming after him that they didn't see that I was just right there. I'd step out of the shadows, throw up, and hide right back again. Ooh. And I just kept it going and killed them all. It was great. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to remember oh, that yeah. one because once in a while we'll pull out Left 4 Dead 2 and we'll do the uh, the human versus the undead. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great fun. But, yeah, find a good hiding spot and projectile vomit. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to try that. Yes, it works great. Uh, but my goodness, we need to go back in time a little bit. Though. Keep going. <laughs> we, All right, way back. Right the, way back. Because the, like, the earliest games, other than uh, we used to have when I was a little kid. You know, I was born in 77 here. So, I mean, we had the old Pong machine with the little turn knobs. Oh, yeah. yeah so you're familiar with these things. Yep. But, I never played them, though. Oh, well, we had one of those. But the, the big thing was my father was on a bowling league. And so every week we'd go there for dad to go bowling and they had, Hey kids, you ever heard of an arcade? (laughs) (laughs) This, this bowling alley, all the latest games were always coming through this bowling alley. And I remember when uh, I originally played Pac-Man. Oh yeah. Yep. And the Pac-Man fever was everywhere. And I remember like old stuff like Donkey Kong, which was just blue, you know, our first introduction to Mario. Yep. uh, Galaga. Oh Yeah. And as it slowly progressed, you know, eventually with them, suddenly we get a Donkey Kong Jr. Then we got a Donkey Kong 3 and then a Mrs. Pac-Man and just, oh, I, I loved them all. I don't know if I could pick an absolute favorite until like Dragon's Lair showed up. But although we never figured out how to play a Dragon's Lair until I was older. See, that's interesting because, you know, I never had really any consoles of myself until, well, I was, I don't know. I was probably, you know, eight or nine or something. But, but my first memories, I think, you know, is where you go to the restaurants and they have the Pac-Man table there. You know, yeah. you had the little ball and stuff and all those little things you had to use. And they had, um, uh, what was the jousting game? Joust. Um, oh, it was just called Joust. Yeah, there you go. You're right. No, With your riding the right ostriches. There. I love that. Yeah, one. that was so much fun. And then um, my grandparents had a ColecoVision, so I played Mousetrap on that. I loved that. And then I eventually got, I mean, my friends had an Atari. 
and then the original Nintendo. I didn't get a Nintendo until I was in high school, which, you know, at that point, Nintendo was old, but it was still classic. But I had yeah. a Commodore 64 as a, as a kid. Actually, it was my parents, but we played yeah. Centipede and some of those games on there. Didn't play too many of them, but that was really, I mean, Coleco and Commodore 64 were my kind of first experiences. But I didn't play much in the way of uh, video games unless it was at a friend's house periodically. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until, really for me, it wasn't until high school that I started getting into you know, playing more video games just because that's when I was allowed to. And that's when I got my own Nintendo and played like, oh, Contra was one of my favorite games of all time. I played Loved that game Contra. to death over and over and over and over. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA, start. <laughs> until eventually you could that. do it. You could do it with one life. Yes. Oh, you play yeah. it so much like, I, I don't need that code. Watch me go poof, right uh, totally. on. Oh, I, was yeah. like, I know the patterns. I know the timing. And then, except for occasionally there would be like a weird thing that they'd throw in. It would throw off your timing. Yeah. <laughs> Something would go off a little bit and it would, you'd have to react. But the rest of the time it was almost like walking around in a room that you've been in a bazillion times, even though the lights are off, you just know where to go. Totally. Oh man. And uh, summer, summers were the best. Cause you know, I lived in Phoenix and it was 120 degrees, you know, so you'd go out and uh, swim and you get a lot of exercise and then you'd immediately go inside in the air conditioning. And we'd all play the Nintendo and just relax. And oh, I love that. Oh yeah. yeah. Breakthrough. Okay. That was another fun game. But I'll tell you what, my my biggest... I remember Breakthrough. Was oh, that like was, Breakout? or Maybe. I remember Breakout. That was even on the old Atari. Uh, this, no, oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm calling it wrong, but I don't remember all the names anymore. But I'll tell you <laughs> where, where my real memories kick into gear is uh, on, the, on the PC. Because I... And this is... Okay, this is a funny story. So we had an Apple IIc, which, you know, was uh, monochrome and had the green... Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so, now, granted, you couldn't really do much of anything on that thing. But, you know, so my friends had a, it was, you know, like a 386 or something PC. 386 SX, Ooh. you know, and I think it, I don't even think it had a megabyte of RAM. I'm not sure. <laughs> but they had King's Quest Five on there. That was the first color, like, full-on video game that I had ever seen, a VGA video game that I'd ever seen that was not like on a, uh, well, actually, no, I think it was the first VGA video game I think I'd ever seen, now that I think about it. And I went and I, I was trying to play it at their house. And I thought, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I was getting killed by the witch. And I was just like, I just have no clue what's going on here. And I went back and I tried to play that on my Apple IIc, which that didn't have VGA graphics. And I could not for the life of me understand why could I not play this game on my Apple IIc. <laughs> I had no idea. And then later I started to realize, oh, oh, I understand. And I had to figure out the computer thing. And then we got a PC and a 386. And then I started to understand its graphics and hard drive. I got totally got yeah. it at that point. And now, <laughs> you know, self-taught. I understand all this stuff now. But at the time, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I eventually got, you know, King's Quest V. And that was my first real VGA game. And I tell you, I played that thing to death over and over and over and over and over. We had so much fun with that. And then into King's Quest VI. And then I went backwards and played, you know, some of the other ones. But five and six were my first games. Space Quest Four. And then right into the Monkey Island games. And the Monkey Island games to this day are still one of my favorite series of all times. And we're talking one through four. I haven't actually played any of the Telltale games, but this was back when it was LucasArts. And, oh, man, gosh, those were so much fun. Some of the best stories ever. I think they started remaking those on the PlayStation at some point. Yeah. And there have been some private parties that have gone back and, you know, redone one through three with updated well, not really updated, but, you know, VGA graphics, basically, because yeah. they were originally, I think, CGA or something crazy like that. Mm. But um, so I, I never even heard of the King's Quest games until you had said something before we started recording this. I was like, King's oh, Quest? Man. What's King's Quest? Beautiful what, what were you doing? I mean, was that like a platformer or what was it? No, well, it was just like uh, Monkey Island, you know, where it's an adventure game and, and you kind of are 
third, you know, you're like, you're looking down on them, but at the same time, you know, you're walking around and you're trying to figure out puzzles and you're adventuring and you're getting through stories. There really wasn't much in the way of any fighting in those games. It was just literally all about story, finding your way and solving not stupid puzzles, but you know, like somebody would tell you to do something and you'd have to figure out what does that mean? So like, for example, you'd talk to somebody who, um, you know, you needed a pie from or something like that. Uh, and, and I'm getting this story wrong, but just go with me for a second. So you're, you're talking to somebody where you're trying to get something from them and they're saying, well, you know, I don't have anything to give. You know, this is my last pie, for example, and I, I need to sell it. I need to make some money. Um, and then, you know, this person will go into the sob story about how they lost their hairpin <laughs> or, or a needle or maybe it was a golden needle is what it was, I think. Um, and so you're, you're yeah, that's what it was. It was a golden needle. They lost this golden. Oh, gosh, see, it's been so long since I played it. This might have been the person who was trying to spin yarn and you needed something and, and that's what they lost their needle. Their golden needle it was a magic needle and they can't give you anything because they don't have their needle. So you're like, well, where the heck am I going to find a needle? And, and a haystack. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a haystack and you're like, well, wouldn't that be funny if the needle was in the haystack? But you're like, you're never going to find it and you can't find it. Well, then later in the game, you come across a hill of ants, if you can believe this. And you talk to these ants and they're wanting to, you know, bite you and everything. And you realize, no, well, they need something. So you have to go through and figure out what the ants need. Well, eventually you do. And eventually you save them. And it's this wonderful thing. And then as you're going back and looking through the the haystack for that needle, the ants show up and they find the needle for you (laughs) because you help them. And then you get the needle and you go back and it's just, it's a series of things like that. Masterfully done. Some of the best stories and gameplay I've ever had. Of course, Today, it would be considered extremely slow and boring compared because we have such fast twitch games and action. Oh, yeah. and there's so much going on. There's so much sensory overload in games now that, you know, like I, I like I said, I love Overwatch, but it is constant. Boom, 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 boom. As fast yeah. as you can go and you're moving so fast and going back and playing a King's Quest game feels like you're, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so slow now, <laughs> but it's still amazing. And it makes you think and you have to slow down and be peace, tranquility. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where some of the more I mean, that's where I think Legend of Zelda games are at their best is when you're mm-hmm. having all these little bits of story that you can do. But it also reminds me, uh, are you familiar with the Discworld books and Terry Pratchett at all by any chance? I know Terry Pratchett, but not the Discworld, no. OK, well, there's a series of books all that take place on the Discworld. Basically, you have to imagine a giant sea turtle with four elephants on its back and then a big flat disc of a of a world that sits on top of the elephants. Nice. But there was there were two games made for the PC, which I, the PlayStation did get a version of the first one. Uh, but so you basically were playing one of the characters from the Discworld series because uh, the Discworld series of books, he focused on different characters at different times at different books. But there's Rincewind, who is like the worst wizard. Uh, but he goes to Unseen University. Harry Potter ripped this off entirely, I think. Uh, so you have a wizarding school. But you're playing as Rincewind, but uh, you're basically spending a lot of time in dialogue. And it's it's funny. It's humorous dialogue. But you're going and trying to find objects on the screen that you can you know keep with you and then figure out how to interact that object with other things. So it's, a, it's kind of a point-and-click adventure, I guess is what they call it. But you had to be patient. It wasn't fast-paced. It was very much story. But when you finally figured out how to get certain items to interact, usually the results were hilarious, but also advanced you through the game. Interesting. And I don't think you could get a game like that to sell anymore so much. I mean, other than mobile games where people just tap and find items on a screen and then move on. But 
trying to figure out how to get things to interact. I mean, I've, I've recently, uh, I haven't gotten to play these yet. I was kind of just looking around on mobile games, and there are some escape room type of games, which I guess would be the same idea where you get to find an object and try to see if it interacts with something else. Uh, I have seen there is, um, oh, what is the website now? But it's basically, uh, I want to say Thurl Ravenscraft, but that's like a, a not the right guy. They're HP Lovecraft. They're basically hmm. basing around an HP Lovecraft style scary story and building a game with old, like, 8-bit graphics. Nice. Uh, and it is a point-and-click try to solve the mystery. But you can only play the first episode for free. And uh, They do have a mobile version of it. And I, for the life of me, I cannot think of the name of this thing. <laughs> but it's it's the only time I've ever seen somebody doing it, you know, modernly making something like this. But they're doing it in a retro fashion. So it, I don't know if it counts as being modern. But it's really great. Interesting. I love that type of a game that I actually yeah. get to think, which is yes. why I'm a I'm a fan of Legend of Zelda because there's a little yeah. bit of thinking because you have to solve puzzles in order to complete each temple. And the more advanced Legend of Zelda has gotten with more 3D graphics, the more complicated the puzzles of solving the rooms have become. Yeah. Of finding out, well, where is that switch? But now I have to figure out that this switch does this, and now I have to figure out how to get this to happen during the certain time after I hit the switch, and I've got to pick this up and put this there, and... I love a good a good puzzle solving type of game, and so I, I I so I guess I love a good questing game because that's usually yes. where you get a lot of those puzzles, and that's I think one of the reasons that I got drawn into Resident Evil, other than creepy horror game, is you'd have these bizarre puzzles to solve to advance in the game. You'd have to find some certain object and figure out how to interact it with whatever area to get through a certain room without some sort of death trap going off when you did it. Uh, and so I'm very much looking forward to the seventh one, although I cannot through Neverland. We are a family show. Uh, I cannot officially Neverland endorse these games, but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy them. <laughs> I so. No, I understand. That's that's me with Saints Row <laughs> three and four. I cannot endorse those or promote those. But uh, those were amazing games with hilarious stories, but um, definitely not family friendly. No. Yeah. And yeah. I think you were talking about those once on your show and I, I yeah. kind of eyeballed them over in a, a vintage stock the other day. I was like, gosh, I kind of want to play it. But I remember from the first one, a friend of mine had that one. I played a little bit. And I'm like, gosh, and one of the first missions was to go rob a bank. And I, I, I can't get into that sort of a game. You know, I can't play the bad guy. I just can't do it. I don't like Saints Rose one and two at all. They they were too much like Grand Theft Auto. Um, Saints Rose three and four were, were basically making fun of themselves. And uh, in four, you're fighting aliens. So, I mean, it's like, it's completely ridiculous by the time they get to three and four. One and two are way too serious, and I felt really bad, actually, in every way about, like you said, taking on some of those things. And I'd be like, like, one of the quests was just to go around and murder people, and I thought, no, no, I just can't do that. I I can't get into that. Whereas in three and four, they're just screwing around. So it's a little bit more fun, but I no, I I agree. I don't get into those as much because they are are a little bit, I mean, they can affect you. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'll tell you the games, though, that I'm, Man, right now that I'm really a big fan of, obviously besides Overwatch, Overwatch is just you know that that just player for uh, what is it PvP kind of thing. But yeah, you know the the two games that I've really enjoyed recently and I'm I'm stuck on them, which is great, is Guild Wars Two. Now I played Guild Wars One, and the story in Guild Wars One is majestic. It's incredible. They, I mean, you get drawn into that story so much that you care so much what's going on. It's amazing. Guild Wars Two, less of a story. Gameplay is amazing. Um, but it's a beautiful world and, um, I, you know, I, I got it, gosh, been a year and a half ago and I spent some time playing a character and the amount of time that I put into that character, which, you know, certainly not excessive, I've still only explored 42% of the world map. Wow. And that's how big it is. And that's how much, you know, they want you to go around and see what they've done. And it's not, you know, one thing they do in a lot of video games is you'll see, you know, like the, the, um, 
uh, MMO kind of things, you, you walk around and like, well, that mountain looks like the other mountain I just walked by, even though I'm in a different zone. You know what I mean? Like it's the same structure. Mm-hmm. And in Guild Wars 2, they, everything's unique. Everywhere you go is unique. It's unbelievable <laughs> how much they put into that game. And how do they still have servers running the first Guild Wars? Because I actually yeah. have uh, we, we actually have two copies of Guild Wars. Because when we when I first got it, I realized, oh look, you can play it for free. And so my wife and I both got a copy, so she could play on our laptop and I could play on the PC and we yeah. could play together. That's well, that's been years they ago. They do, and there's very few players left. But I'll tell you, if you ever go back and play it, let me know because I've got two other friends, uh, including Martin the Flash. We've all talked about let's go back and play one again because we don't remember it and we never finished everything. So we yeah, talked about I, all I going barely back. got started. And it's five party, five person party. Awesome. <laughs> so there you go. All righty. But I'll say this, y'all can start over because I'm probably going to have I to would. start over. So <laughs> I would totally start over. I don't remember the game well enough. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> but two is amazing. And then the other one I love is Star Wars The Old Republic, which is also MMO. Yes. But there is so much in that game that I love and they just keep going. And oh, my gosh, like that that is one game where I like. Granted, you're not solving a lot of puzzles, although at times you do. Um, and that's the one thing I like about Guild Wars 2 and Star Wars is that there are moments for puzzles. Unfortunately, in my opinion, I think there's too much fighting. Like, I don't mind the fighting, but I just, I don't want every quest to be go and fight. Like, I want yeah. something more creative, you know? But yeah. Star Wars has done more of that where you can get in the story and you can actually almost shape your story based on your decisions and based on your replies. You can shape the, um, you know, are you going light side? Or are you going dark side? which also changes your story. And that's, that's incredible. Like I went, uh, I chose a Sith and I went light side and my men, my, my mentor and like Sith master hated it. And I was wow. so excited. And I used to, cause he would be torturing people and I would spare them and, you know, show mercy and he would get so angry. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is one of the best storylines ever. And then yeah. I eventually got to, you know, challenge him and challenge the emperor, which this is, this takes place hundreds and hundreds of years prior to episode one of star yeah. Wars. So, yeah. Um, the emperor at the time is very different. It's a different empire, but, um, oh man, <laughs> that storyline has been so much fun. I haven't actually played in a while cause it's subscription. Well, I guess it's oh, free they to, made it subscription now. Cause well, it, yeah, it was, it was it's free. free to play, but it's very limited. Like you can play mm. the story, but it's a little grindy. Whereas if you're subscription, you can just play, but huh. I took a break. I actually haven't played that since it's been actually a year since I played that. So I've thought about going back now that they've added a ton more story. Um, yeah. but I'm going to wait. Until yeah, I get to I, Guild Wars. I, I think I'm I'm gonna go back to it eventually. See, I uh on the the PC I had previous to this one, uh I had started playing it and I would do fine as long as I didn't get into a heavily crowded area with a lot of people. So if I get into the, a big PvP area or something, it, everything was choppy and terrible. And I just like, oh, I was afraid that that's what was going to happen to me again if I tried to get back into it on this system. Yeah. Although I get, a, you know, this computer's a little faster and now I have Google Fiber. So I've got fiber speed internet. So I should be able to keep up. But yet I tried to get in. I found out you could play World of Warcraft to a certain extent for free. And I tried to jump back in to play with that some more with some of my old characters. And I was fine until I went into a, a city where there was more people around and it started getting choppy even then. Yeah. So. I guess without sprucing up my computer, I might not be able to play some of these things, but I might have to get in there and see. Yeah. You know, it's been a long time since I played it. That's what that was years ago, but that was really cool. But I was more of a fan though of the, the original Knights of the old Republic games that they had made for Bioware, which I never played. Oh oh my goodness. I've heard they're amazing. They are so amazing. Well, the second one wasn't as great, but the original one was just mind blowing. And that was the first thing from Bioware that I'd ever played. And they're the same ones who've made mass effect. 
Oh yeah. Yep. And so it's it's very much you're like Mass Effect. I'm even now. There's the difference between there's Paragon when you're making good decisions, and then there's the Renegade that you can become, and you could you actually. Instead of having a scale like Knights of the Old Republic where you're either leaning one way or the other, you have two different score things completely separate. So every time you, you can score points over on one side or you can score points on the other, and it doesn't take away points that you've scored as being a Paragon by acting like a Renegade or, and vice versa. Because there are times when you have to kind of act like a Renegade because, like, I'm sorry, I'm not taking that from you. You're a bad person, and I'm taking yeah. you down. Yeah. You know, so it is interesting how it's balanced that, but – and apparently this will continue on all three of these games in Mass Effect and have effects on the overall story of this character that I've created in the first game that I will continue playing through three games, which Knights of the Old Republic, you played that one character in the Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, you get a little mention of what maybe possibly happened to your character, uh, that he's just kind of vanished, but you're playing a whole different person. And I wanted to continue the story of that character in Knights of the Old Republic. So I do like the idea in Old Republic that I can start with a character and have a story and several stories, and I get to just follow the journey with that character. So I just need to get back to it. No, and that's you know what they're they're great games, and I'm ready to jump back in on them too. But you're right about that. It's it's a it's a commitment, and that's one of the things I'm kind of a big fan of playing. You know, one main story game with one Mm -hmm. character all the way through. You know, at once. Uh, like Overwatch to me is a completely different game, but if I'm going to be playing some kind of an MMO where there's a big story base, you know, I want to be able to play one game and primarily one character at a time because I can really get into it and, and enjoy that. And, you know, it's funny, um, you brought up WoW. I played WoW on free servers um, way back. I mean, we're talking years ago, <laughs> back when it was probably not very old. And and there were some free servers. And of course, you know, you get what you pay for, right? They're buggy yeah. and they had problems, yeah. but it was fun. And I didn't Because they weren't legal. Oh, I know. <laughs> when I was some other country, but you know, that was, that was like 2007. I played those. Yeah. So anyway, I stopped doing those and then, um, I joined WoW. Gosh, I don't know, two years ago now, I want to say, um, legally this time, you know, cause I'm like, I, I want to be above board. And so I played yeah. from scratch and I'll tell you what though, they changed so much. Um, first of all, wow is dated now. Uh, it's interesting because coming back to it after having played like star Wars and some of those games, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this looks so old now, even though it's still a great game. But, um, I've noticed that when I was playing in the beginning, you know, like back in like 2006, 2007, there was a lot more customization with your character and, and you know, fighting styles and that kind of thing. You could really customize, you could really make them your own, which was really cool. Um, there was a lot more of the, well, wow, never had like fantastic story, but they had some good story and they had a lot more, you know, exploration and, uh, you know, you could go after like the time lost proto Drake and stuff, but the new updates, you know, and I only, I did not play Legion, but I played through, um, warlords of Draenor and I noticed that they really got grindy. They took away a lot of the customization. It became almost dumbed down and mm. it was nowhere near as fun to play. And by the time we got the, Dra- everyone's like, let's get the Draenor, let's get the Draenor. And I got the Draenor and I realized my entire gameplay, every time I'd get on, would be to go around and do your dailies, which are the same exact quests, three to four of them every single day. You're doing the same Uh. thing. And I'm going, this is like a freaking job. I get on a video game to relax, (laughs) not to work, you know, to hang out with friends and to have some good story and good challenge. I don't want to do the same thing day in and day out. I'm like, dude, that's what, no. So I was really, really disappointed at the the new WoW updates that because they've turned it to that. They've turned it to grinding. Like, we want you to continue uh. to pay for a subscription. So, you know, we're going to give you new armor, but we're going to keep it just out of your reach. You're going to grind so hard to get one piece. Uh. And I'm going, no, I'm done. 
Yeah. And they're like, why did you quit? Give us some feedback. I'm like, stop making your game so dang grindy. Like, give me some story. Give me some challenge here. But that's how yeah. they keep subscriptions. And I get it. You know, that's one thing I like about Guild Wars 2 is that it is a, you pay for it once and you play as long as you want. You you don't have a subscription. And then they come out with new story content and they offer it for a paid, like, sure, I'll buy the new story. That's fine. Sure. It's a new yeah. story. Or one of the things I like is they give you an option that if you earn gold in the game, then you can exchange your gold for gems, which purchases the new story, the new packs. So oh, you don't cool. actually have to pay real money if you don't want. Uh, and I love that because that's fine with me. If if there's new story content, I'll buy it. But I don't want to spend, you know, $20 a month or $15 a month on a game if I don't have to. Right. So, and I think too, that's where the problem has come is that these games, they want to keep subscribers so badly that instead of putting out excellent content or new stories or new challenges, they just make you grind harder to keep you, mm. which yeah. I just, I don't like that. So I, I get away from games like that. And that's the one thing that, Star Wars The Old Republic was starting to do, and then they started putting out that new storyline with the, uh, oh my gosh, the Knights one. Totally forgot the name of it. The Knights of, uh, anyway, really, really cool. Um, It's probably the one for that trailer that was released online that was mind-blowingly awesome. And the story, and I haven't finished it. I've only played through, I think, five chapters, and I think there's like 15 or 16 now or something like that. Uh, The story so far was so good. I'm thinking like, wow, this should be a movie. It's so good. So I never finished it. I think I need to get back into that then. Yeah. Because, of course, I'm trying to finish Mass Effect. If I get started playing a PC game, I'll never play Mass Effect and finish. Finish Mass Effect first, man. That's I, I, Everybody yes, I I've talked to Mass said Effect. it's a great series. Um, I did hear people say that they weren't thrilled with the ending of 3, though. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get there either way. Because especially, like I think, around in 2 is when Yvonne Strahovski comes on there. And I was a huge Chuck fan. Yeah. And holy crap, it's it's Sarah. You know. Yeah. So I, I got to get in there and have her character in there. And if I can get my character to have a romance with her character, I'm going to do it. Because like, <laughs> because it's Yvonne Strahovski, I'm like, yay. So my character is <laughs> going to totally follow you around. That'll be awesome. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> little puppy love. <laughs> yeah. So because, you know, because... I loved Chuck. Chuck was definitely my favorite show, I think, of all time. Really? And I'm so sad Netflix took it away from me. Oh, you know, I I liked seasons one and two, and I think three was okay. And then it started, kind of went downhill for me, and I, I lost interest. But that's oh, most I, shows. I loved the whole thing. I watched through the entire series at least four times. Interesting. Because once I watch one episode, I have to keep going. I can't stop. And I will grind that thing out in less than a week and watch the whole show. Nice. See, that was Dark I, Matter I for me. It. Dark Matter was like, oh, my gosh, all through one and two. I was sick. It's like really kind of laid out. I'm like, well, okay. And I watched Dark Matter season one and two, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I love that show. I, I think I've heard of that one. I'll, I'll have to sit and watch that one. It's these sci-fi, days. baby. Of course. Yeah. I'm more of a fantasy guy, but I do enjoy some sci-fi. So I, yeah. I'm more of a Star Wars than Star Trek, but I do love me some Star Trek. Yeah. So. Well, Star Wars to me is still sci-fi. Yeah, it's a sci-fi, but it's it's a fantasy style story in a sure. sci-fi world. That's true. Because it's, it's very much that hero's journey. So I, I love that it's a good balance. I think Star Wars is a good gateway drug to, to Lord of the Rings and Star Trek. You could go both directions oh, from sure. Star Wars. See, so sci-fi fantasy, I can go either way on. But I, I just like, I, I do like the, I like what you said. Fantasy in a sci-fi world. That actually mm-hmm. is the best combination because sci-fi itself is awesome for me. Fantasy, like, I, I like Lord of the Rings a lot. Huge mm-hmm. fan of that stuff. But I do like more of the technology-based, futuristic kind of fantasy. Yeah. So you have to find a balance yeah. and just enjoy it all and love it all and let that geek flag fly. I have I have totally. never shied away from my geek flag oh. my entire life. Embrace your inner nerd, my friend. 
I oh I I did I I <laughs> people called me that my whole life and only now has it become cool. <laughs> I know I know everyone's like oh it's good to be a nerd yeah well you should have grown up when we grew up. Yeah, that was it wasn't cool. so great. No, I'll tell you what though I try to filter every movie I see through the lens of having the force. So if I were in the movie and I had the force, I mean it would just be so easy. I just went and saw Split. Have you seen that movie? Uh, I've been thinking about it. I've heard it's uh, Shyamalan Malama Lingdong uh, hasn't right. really made, making any good movies. And, you know, last one of his movies I think I saw that I liked was The the Village. Yeah, this harkens back to his early days. So if you didn't like his more recent stuff, you might like this one. I might go see it. But I have it was, to be in the mood for that sort of thing, though. It was one of those moments where I'm there and I'm like, if I was there and I had the force, this would be like, you know, <laughs> it would be over. Force choke. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish I could shoot lightning out of my fingers sometimes. Yes. Then would, I'd be a superhero. Would that make me evil? Well, it depends because, you know, shooting lightning, it's one of those things where it's like if you didn't want, if you wanted to be a pure hero, you have to figure out how to shock people without killing them. Because there's a good chance that you shock True. somebody, you might stop their heart and you're like, oh, no, I've killed them. But I then you know. could restart it. Well, sure. You just go back and, oh, hey, welcome back. Yeah. No problem. Now, never steal again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't have to go like full, you know, up to 11 or anything with your lightning. You just go up and like, right. oh, what the little shock? Yeah. You know? It's not like the 10,000 volt thing from Jurassic Park. You know, you're all right. You just little, little, yeah. little volts here and there. Just, you know, little nine volt battery thing enough to make their tongue kind of get a weird taste. Yeah. But I love the idea of force <laughs> pull, force push, force choke. You know, yes. you don't have to choke and break their neck, but just kind of, you know, pick them up. What are just, you doing? Just enough to make them pass out. Yeah. Or, or the, the mind control, man, you know. Oh, yes. Yes. This is not the bank you want to rob right now. Exactly. This is not the bank I want to rob. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Exactly. <laughs> you do, you, to be in a more superhero thing, you'd have to be a, someone with gifted mental power. So you'd have the telekinesis and the mind reading, mind control at the same time. You'd have to be a mutant. You do you'd know why the X-Men. that's why I go by the shadow. Of course. That's because my superhero it's name. Hypnotism and stuff like that. For anyone who doesn't realize that he goes by the nickname of the shadow on Arrow Squad and stuff like that because... He, like me, is also a fan of The Shadow because oh. uh, I liked the movie, but I loved the radio show when I started listening to the radio show yep. and just, oh, yes, I love it. Oh, yeah. Orson Welles. Very yes. cool. Very cool. But I've kept you over the time we were aiming for, so you're going to have to come back because we only got through a few of the games that we were we were excited to talk about. I like it. We'll do part two. We'll go back to uh, we'll, we'll do uh, the part two with like first half retro again. We'll come back with some old memories and then we'll come back with some of the new things that we're currently playing at that time. I love it. Yep, and hopefully we won't have to wait too long before we get to do a part two because, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life. That's so. true, and then everybody's going to be like, wait, who's the real Brian again? That, Who that was, was that like, guy? That was like six months ago. I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, I, I thought there was a fake guy around here or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for having me on, man. That was fun. We'll, well, we'll definitely. Well, I can't for wait coming. for part two. Oh, my pleasure. Yes, we'll do a, we'll do a part two very soon. And everybody awesome. go check out The Real Brian Show. And you're about to go five days a week and doing little short shows and Gonna do a three lot days of variety of different things. Three days a week. Yep. I, I modified well, it to. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that it was the best win-win for everybody. So it's going to be a Monday where I'm just offering, you know, some inspirational, encouraging tips, tricks advice that I learn and pass on. It's the, the whole idea is it's a short form kind of episode where people can come in and get their week off to a great start. You know, ideally they're going to get a takeaway that they can apply to their life in a way that's going to help. And then Wednesdays I'm interviewing people and uh, it's going to be people from all over the place. So, you know, I'm going to have entrepreneurs. I'm going to have, uh, I don't know, health experts, gamers, nerds. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to have people all over the place that are just going to be super successful. And what I want to know is what makes them tick. Like, what is it that set them apart? Because everybody said, oh, you know, I got out there and I, I worked hard. 
Yeah, no. What's the one thing that set you apart that allowed you to be successful? Because each of us, each of us can take that and apply it to our life somehow. And then, and this is my favorite part, Fridays, I'm going to talk about whatever I want. Kind of like we did here. We can talk Woo-hoo! about gaming. We can talk about, I, I just don't even care. I'm going to have a guest on. We're just going to go crazy for one hour. <laughs> exactly. Total, total insanity entertainment. It's going to be fun. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah. it'll be great. <laughs> and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.